What's up, guys? Welcome to Doghouse Politics, the weekly political opinion podcast hosted by me, the big dog. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Hope y'all had a great weekend. Looking forward to a great show. Can't wait to get started. Before we do, let me say thanks for listening. Let me remind you to go to social media, Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, it's Doghouse Politics. On Twitter, it's just at Dog Politics. And like, subscribe, wherever you're listening to this podcast, download it and share it to those same social media accounts. Help me spread a conservative message. I appreciate it. Couldn't do the show without you. Uh, pay attention to the ad in a minute. Go to And you can uh, figure out how to go to doghousepolitics.com and get your promo code to get your listener exclusive 20% discount appreciate you guys jumping on in what we're going to talk about this week i'm gonna tell you my opinion guys of what the real agenda here is with all this re-education and wokeness what the real agenda is and who i think is actually behind it and then i'm gonna keep it short and sweet today folks we're gonna list some accomplishments of this administration in six months and we're going to talk about whether or not you're happy with who america picked to represent us on the world's stage can't wait to get started guys i appreciate you guys tuning in every week i say it all the time when the great rush limbaugh died we needed about 300 more of us to step up hey just take a chance jump on out there if you are politically inclined and you think you have a platform or you have a message i encourage you jump out Start a podcast. It's easy. It's not like the old days where we had to find somebody to put us on the air. Now you put yourself on the air, and I encourage you to do it. Let's spread a conservative message because this country is worth fighting for, and there's a certain group of people who are trying to unravel this country at its foundation. I've got a new saying, right is right and left is weird, so let's make sure and keep it right around here. I'm going to let the ad play, guys. Pay attention, and then we'll jump on in. Appreciate you guys. What's up, faithful Doghouse listeners? Hey, if you love the show and want to show your support publicly, go to doghousepolitics.com, D-A-W-G, housepolitics.com. Pick out a patriotic t-shirt, sticker, or coffee cup. All the merchandise on there is super patriotic. Show your love for your country and the show. I certainly appreciate you wearing the merchandise to help spread word about the podcast to get the conservative voice out there. Just to show my appreciation for you listeners, if you use the promo code TRUMP1, all one word, all caps, T-R-U-M-P-W-O-N, I'm going to give you 20% off just for listening to the show. I appreciate you guys. Make sure you go to doghousepolitics.com, pick out some merchandise, post pictures on social media. Can't wait to see you repping the show. So here's the thing. I know you're tired of hearing about it, and I'm tired of talking about it. This whole critical race concept. The only reason I'm even bringing it up on this week's episode is uh, school's about to start back. Some of you, I don't know where you live, some of your kids may have already started back. My kids start back in about two weeks. Um, And I don't think we're going to have this issue here, but you never know. 20 years ago, we wouldn't have been having this issue anywhere as far as this whole critical race theory ideology. Now, we're not going to get bored with any details and and some of the stuff they're teaching or whatever. Uh, I know you're bored with that, and I'm tired of that, and I don't want every show to sound exactly the same. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you what I think is the goal of critical race theory. First of all, let me say that the Democratic Party of 
our grandparents and great-grandparents is dead. It no longer exists. The Democratic Party back in the day, you know, we had the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. They, we, we really had the same kind of vision for our country. We just kind of had differences in opinion on how to get there. But we were really on the same team pushing for kind of the same thing. Well, that is no longer the case. And it's not, and I'm not talking about the quote unquote faces of the Democratic Party. I'm not really talking about Pelosi. I'm not really talking about President Biden. I'm not really talking about Chuck Schumer. But those people are just the face of the party. They don't they're not controlling the narrative of the party right now. Their Democratic Party no longer exists. They're just the vehicle in which the people who are pushing the narrative are using to tear down this country from its foundation and start over. And they're so power hungry. The people I just listed are so power hungry. They're willing to say anything, do anything, pass anything, and vote for anything just so they feel like they have a little bit of power. Let me let me say it this way. There is nothing. There is nothing that these people will not do. And I mean nothing that they will not do to stay in power. Now you take that however you feel like you need to, but I mean there is nothing they won't do to stay in power. I'll go a step further and I'll say there's likely Nothing they haven't done to have power and stay in power. Now, you take that and run with it and use your imagination. I'm not going to make any claims because I'm not going to have that on me. You're not going to have a soundbite from me accusing anybody of anything. But there's nothing these people haven't done to have power. There's nothing they wouldn't do to have power. For the most part, these people are not even morally good people. But they're the face of their party. They're the electable members of their party. So who's controlling the narrative? What's their goal? Well, your AOCs, your Ilan Omars, your Rashid Tlaibs. These people are who's pushing the narrative of the party. They're driving the agenda of the party. Let me let me reiterate. President Biden is not an enemy of this country. He's our president. His agenda is not even the enemy of this country. There's some dumb things on his platform. Uh, there's some things I certainly disagree with in principle. One thing I'll always stand against is the abortion issue. And I've covered that many times. My stance is clear. Uh, life is a life, no matter if it's uh, inside the womb or outside the womb. But... There's things in his agenda that are bad for this country, but he's not looking to blow up the whole structure of the country. He's not going to radically change our systems. He's not going to radically change our government. He's going to pass some radical things, maybe. But he's not going to blow up the system because he was made by the system. He's made by the political machine 
that we have in place. It would be nonsensical for him to be against it. He's a product of it. Same with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Now, the vice president's a different story. She's a much different story. Very unpopular. It makes zero sense that she's even the, that she even holds the title of vice president. Now we're gonna we're not gonna get into the unethical unethical things she did and some of the some of the sleazy things that she did to get to that office. We're not gonna go there. Another show for another another uh, segment for another show and another time. But she, I promise you, did not get to her office on the up and up. But I digress again. The agenda of the people who are pushing the narrative, pushing the agenda of the party, their goal is to absolutely radically break down this country and our institutions from the foundation up. So, they're, they're... us who are older and old enough to know better, we're not the target. We're not the target of this critical race theory. Why do you think they're pushing this stuff as young as kindergarten, five years old? Because this is not about now. This is a long game they're playing. And we better wise up to it, and we better get ahead of it. They're playing a long game. They're playing a generational game. They're now taking kids at five years old and teaching them that America is irredeemably racist, that our founding documents are irredeemably irredeemably racist. They're able to cherry-pick facts about men who fought for great moral things while having some questionable questionable, uh, moral issues in their own personal life, admittedly. But they're cherry-picking these things to widely overshadow the fact that these men believed in this country, they believed that all men were created equal. The problem is our founding fathers didn't know how to get to that point uh, to make sure that all men were treated equal because this country was so, slavery was so entrenched in this country. Now, I'm going to let a, I'm going to let an ad I'm uh, not an ad a clip play from uh Charlie Kirk who does such a great job uh breaking down the real history of this country. I'm going to let that play and I'll come right back and talk about it. Well, Hannah Jones, she is on a pathological campaign to make sure your kids hate America. And so Nicole Hannah Jones, red hair, see her on TV, always talking about how awful white people are and how awful our country is. She's a bitter racist. I actually call her racist because I think racism is hatred of anyone of any skin color at any time. I think it is sinful and hateful and awful. And it is a sin. That's simple. Okay. So she says that our country was founded in 1619, the first year that slaves came to our country. This is not correct. It's not. So if you actually look at the founding of our country, 1776, this great leap forward, 2,000 years forward, derived, of course, from the teachings of Athens and the combination of Jerusalem, Aristotle, Plato, Descartes, Aquinas, Locke, all the best practices put into one, authored by who? Thomas Jefferson, very important, I'll get back to him in a second, who says, laws of nature and nature is God. What happens in 1777? First state ever to abolish slavery, Vermont, says, that's it, we're done. Why? We're inspired by this document. 
they abolished slavery. We were inspired on the abolition of slavery. When they were putting together the Constitution, never, it was never a conversation, ever. Don't let the people, the New York Times and Nicole Hannah-Jones tell you any different. That's it right. was never a question of whether or not we would have slavery. It was how we were going to get rid of this sinful practice. It was around for thousands of years. It was around before Christ. It was around after Christ. It is a sin. So our country was founded. Constitutional Convention, 1787. In 1787, George Washington says no new slaves at all, no slavery in the Northwest Territory. So anything forward, no slavery at all. They won't teach your kids that. Then That's moving right. forward in the Constitution, you can read it yourself, 20-year moratorium on the slave trade. you got 20 years, Southern states, then it is coming to an end. Reappears Thomas Jefferson, actually introduced a bill in the early 1790s in the Virginia House Virginia. of Commons That's who right. said that slavery was an awful practice. I want to get rid of it. Now, mind you, it was probably one of the most perplexing pieces of hypocrisy in history because he himself was a slave owner, but he still was arguing for a moral good societally, failed in the Virginia House eventually. It, it eventually, of course, it succeeded. We saw in the 1790s, almost every single northern state abolished slavery. By the time 1807 happened, Thomas Jefferson had his time to shine. Thomas Jefferson, third president of the United States of our country, that 20 years, tick, 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 in the Constitution, right? They did that as a bargain with the southern states. Thomas Jefferson, on the first day, he was legally able to That's abolish right. the incoming of any new slaves into the United States of America 20 years into our founding. That is something we should be proud of. We Absolutely. were founded from the moment that we started that said that this was wrong and this is evil. Now, mind you, it wasn't a perfect history. It went through decades of ups and downs, and we went through a bloody civil war. But show me another country That's right. that sacrificed so much, brother against brother and father against son, to accomplish something that what? The churches were screaming in the pews and the pulpits, and Thaddeus Stevens was inspired by a pastor to go to Congress and say, slavery is anti-American. Our founders said it. Thaddeus Stevens said it. We fought this bitter civil war, and Abraham Lincoln kept the republic together on this unionist idea that I think Americans best, America's best day can be ahead of us where all men are equal and free. Fast forward all the way to Frederick Douglass, where he says that we need to abolish slavery. Why? because I'm so inspired by the Declaration of Independence. He was an abolitionist who understood it. Go all the way fast forward to the great Martin Luther King Jr., who himself lived a very, let's say, he had questionable moral decisions, but he was arguing for what? A moral good. Why do I keep on saying this? Because people can act sinfully personally, but argue for something righteously publicly, and they should be remembered for what they did good publicly, not for what they did less than desirably privately. It's a very important thing. People say, well, we got to get rid of all these people, but dare you forget what they sacrificed for our country. And Martin Luther King said in that beautiful speech, I come here to cash in the check of the promissory note of the Declaration of Independence. Yes. He didn't say that this document was racist. He didn't say we got to shred right. it from its roots. He says, this document says all men are created equal. And I'm telling you, Congress, to pass the Civil Rights Act. From that moment that we started this country to the Civil Rights Act of the 1960s, it was a constant theme, a margin of progression to be better. And isn't that what we do every single day in our own life, to try to be better today than we were yesterday? We cannot forget our history. We should be proud of it. No other country That's has right. pursued a moral good like the United States yep. of America. Be proud of this country. Yep. All right. So I don't have the capacity to break it down that as well as he did, guys. Not near the capacity, but he, he made some good points in there. From the beginning, the founding of our country, the very founding of our country, the goal was to eliminate slavery. The problem is that it was already here. 
So when you hear the, the people who teach the critical race theory, right? Well, Thomas Jefferson was a, a slave owner. Well, so were, all, so were most wealthy people at the founding of our country. Not just white people, by the way. If you really study your history, there were black slave owners. Not attacking their legacy. The men who founded this country, their, their, their legacy is not compromised because they were slave owners. I don't think none I don't think any of them were proud of the fact they were slave owners. But what happens if we start doing that? What happens if we start deconstructing every person's legacy who had who had personal moral failures? Charlie mentioned there uh Martin Luther King Jr. Does the fact that he had a personal struggle with uh a perhaps adulterous relationships, does that undo his legacy as being one of the greatest civil rights leaders of all time? Certainly the most memorable. So does some personal moral failures compromise his entire legacy? Does it compromise everything he worked for? Does the fact that Perhaps George Washington and Thomas Jefferson were slave owners. Does it comp does it uh does that overshadow the fact that they signed their names to a document that they could have very well been killed over? A treasonous document as far as the as far as England was concerned. Risked their life to build the country that now everybody's protesting. That we're now trying to deconstruct and why? Because the people like AOC, the young people in the party, they have a plan, a generational plan that, that they hope to live to see play out. That when us, us who love this country and who have seen what hard work does and how it pays off, not when it always, hard work always pays off. We've seen that. They want to create a welfare state where people are so dependent on the government. They want to, they want to beat you into submission so that they make you do what they want you to do in order to keep getting the money that they're going to give you. If you don't believe me, just see how they're treating people who aren't getting this vaccine. We have to demonize every person who was alive at the founding of our country because if we can demonize them, we can demonize everything they did. And if they had slaves, they, they were bitter racist and we must they must have written the founding documents to benefit white people only, which this is the first generation of people that have ever even suggested such nonsense. But if we can demonize it all, we can tear it down, we can shred it up, and we can start over. Not on my watch. Not on your watch. There's still enough people here who love this country. And isn't it interesting that a lot of these people who think this country is so awful and they're so just in tune with what this country needs, isn't it interesting that very few of them have ever volunteered to put on their nation's uniform? They say they love the country, but yet they want to destroy it. 
They say they love you, and that's why they want to destroy it, yet they refuse to defend you. Kind of interesting. Uh, I think idle hands are the, are the devil's playground. I think that's, uh, that's something many of our grandparents told us. Idle hands are the devil's playground. That's really what's going on here. These people need something to do. They need a job. They need some sense of purpose. And they've looked, they found their purpose in this, to tear down this country. We need to be heard. We need to be heard. We don't even care if we're right. We just need to be heard. And if you tell them they're wrong, you're a racist. It's on us, folks, as parents. We've got to fight back on this. We've got to tell our kids the history of this country, all of it, the good and the bad. Why? So they don't repeat it and they learn from it. It's the greatest country in the history of the planet. We've done more than any other nation in the world has ever done. We got people to the moon. We built great big buildings. We've changed medicine. We've saved lives. We've liberated countries. We got some, we got some black eyes on our past, but don't we all? Isn't that, a, isn't that, personally, if we look back at our own history, don't we have some things we're not proud of? But it's how we got here. It's what made us who we are. Let's learn from our past. Let's not erase it. Let's not undo it. Let's not cherry pick facts to make it fit what we want it to fit and look like. Let's just fight to make this country better, not different. So we're six months into this presidency now, and I just want to try and get a feel to see if you guys are happy with our choice. Now, don't get misconstrued and think that I voted for him, but I'm saying we as Americans, I guess, allegedly as a whole, we picked this guy and we picked this administration. I just want to know if we're happy with it. Just want to know if we're better off than we were six months ago. Quite a few accomplishments, depending on how you look at it. Perspectives, everything, right? Let's let's just brainstorm a few. Uh, let's see. Crime in Democrat-run cities at an all-time high. You should go look up how many people died in Chicago this past weekend. Let's see. Uh, the border, the border crisis. Illegal immigration, illegal immigrants, and drugs are pouring across the border at a higher rate than ever before. So we're spending $2 billion to not build the border wall. So every bit of work we made over the last four years to address the border situation is undone. If it, you know, let's hurt Trump, and if it hurts Americans, so be it. That's the goal here. Uh, let's see. Al-Qaeda's taking back over Iraq, undoing 20 years' worth of work from Americans. Uh, so we wasted their lives and people's time away from their family to just hand it right back over to Al-Qaeda. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, Russia's making billions off their new pipeline. Meanwhile, the United States is 
you know, losing all kind of money because we nixed the Keystone Pipeline within, uh, what, 24 hours of President Biden taking office. I think in 72 hours, he was able to successfully end 85,000 jobs. Big time accomplishment, guys. Hope we're happy with our hope we're happy with our choice. With all those things, it sure makes these midterms sound kind of important, don't it? We're gonna have to do our part. We're gonna have to get out and fight. Oh, also, been able to make sure that your that neighbors don't trust each other because they're being told if your neighbor doesn't wear a decorative piece of cloth on their face or doesn't go get this experimental vaccine, it's because they don't value you. So now people don't trust each other. People are being told that election integrity laws are there to keep black folks from voting. Now, remind you, it's election integrity laws. They'll say this in their statements, that election integrity laws are likened to Jim Crow, which is really the only talking point they have, because if you listen to them lay out the facts of them, all it does is make sure the people who live here are the only ones that vote here. That actually real people are the only ones that vote. All these election integrity laws do is make sure it's harder to cheat. Democrats are trying to enforce policies to make you carry a vaccination passport, make a vaccine card, make sure you carry your papers. If you look back at uh, Hitler, that'll, that'll start to look real familiar. So I hope you're happy with turning America into the Soviet Union. Now, fortunately, it's not all the way going. We get a chance in 22 to take it back in the midterms and 24 to take back the White House. And in the words of former President Trump, to save America. It's going to be on the patriots, you and me, who love this country, who have seen what hard work would do, who have seen people and known people who have bled and died for this country. It's on us to fight for it, to preserve it, to keep it for our sons and daughters to hand down to them. So get ready for a bitter fight in 22 and 24 to save America. Guys, it's been a great show. I love doing it with you. I hope you all have a great week. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Make sure you go to Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, it's Doghouse Politics. On Twitter, it's just at Dog Politics. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, download it and share it on social media. Give your friends a chance to listen to it. If they love it, great. If not, oh well. Go to doghousepolitics.com. Pick out a patriotic t-shirt, cup, or sticker. Make sure you use the promo code TRUMP1, T-R-U-M-P-W-O-N, for 20% off. That's my that's my token of gratitude to you, that little discount, to say thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for repping the show. I hope you all have a great week. See you next week. Until then, end it like we always do, guys. And I mean every bit of this from the bottom of my heart. God bless you. God bless our troops. May God bring them home safe. God, may God continue to bless America. And may God bless the President of the United States.